welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jeff Macalino Podcast. Um, well, I think the intro just said that. Ugh, here I go repeating myself. We've got an interesting guest for you today, and guess what? Got a new partner here. To uh, by partner, I basically mean sponsor that can can you know I can make money by promoting. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's what partner means on the Jeff Macalino Podcast. Uh, until I'm dead and a medium takes over the podcast uh, for me. Um, but today on the podcast, I have Chris Ritter. He is the co-founder and creative director at C90. That's a full service creative agency. Uh, they refuse the status quo and move at the speed of culture. Uh, a lot of interesting uh, topics here talking about marketing and, and the like. Uh, you know, I got into my, uh, my mad men attitude when talking to Chris. So sit back, relax and enjoy it. Before that though, I've got to, I've got to tell you my YouTube channel is, uh, growing, growing, growing closer to being able to make me a few shekels. So if you don't mind, go click over on that YouTube link, which is near the bottom of these show notes and clicky on that and hit the subscribe button. Uh, especially if you're wanting to test out some new fast food items, because that's what I do a decent amount there on the YouTube channel. Uh, also, big news that uh, I should probably keep under wraps for a little bit, but it may involve me getting a lead role in a comedy feature film. Hmm. Seems to be big news. Uh, shout out to uh, former podcast guest Ray Buffer, who helped me uh, figure out how to video audition for that role. Uh, and uh, yeah, more on that later. Uh, well, not later in the episode, later, you know, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, let me tell you about my new sponsor that I'm very, very excited for. It's Ibotta. Ibotta. I-B-O-T-T-A. I think it's pronounced Ibotta. I should probably know that. Uh, Ibotta is a cash back. Oof, let me try that again. Ibotta is a cash back shopping app that makes every purchase rewarding. When shoppers start with Ibotta, they can earn cash back on hundreds of brands and re retailers, both in store and online. You can earn cash back from Walmart, Target, Kroger, and more. If you're in the Southeast, I I used to use it all the time at Publix. And I can vouch for this product. Uh, that's kind of one of the things I, I make sure I do with, with new uh, sponsorship things. Uh, first of all, it's a free app. So just click the link below, download it, register, and start making money. My mother has made hundreds of dollars. Uh, and it's super easy. It's, you know, you buy products that you're already going to buy. And basically, you you cash for it it's even i can figure it out um i've made some money on it although eh, i i stopped using it for a while because i was kind of an idiot uh but uh even at liquor stores you can use it uh it's it's again it's free so go click the link my link don't go download it from the app store yourself like a renegade click the link uh because you know look out for your boy uh, click that link, register, and start making money just doing things that you already do. And again, I can vouch for it. My mother has made hundreds of dollars uh, from using Ibotta. Uh, you know, it's so easy that even an old woman, I love you, mom, I'm kidding, can use it. Uh, so download that app using my link. Uh, also, I have to give a shout out to uh, my second newest sponsor, which is Flaviar. It's a whiskey club for explorers at heart. Flaviar is a completely personalized online spirit subscription service that lets people buy, try, and buy premium spirits from the comfort of their homes. They're a band of spirits enthusiasts inspired by culture, risk, 
rich history, I'm a little drunk, and the art of distillation. Uh, they forge the world of spirits for the finest, rarest, and mo most unique expressions out there and pack it all into a 21st century members club. They are on a mission to help you taste new things more often by helping you discover new favorites without breaking the bank with our testing boxes containing three premium spirit samples. They give you access to a wide range of premium bottles, exclusive releases, and members-only spirits. They teach you about the differences in nuances in flavor, the history, and the lingo with the help of industry insiders and spirits pros. And they give you the means to bond and hang out with a passionate community at live and online events. There's a world of outstanding spirits out there, and we believe it's your right to taste them. Click the link below and get a subscription to Flaviar and, uh, you know, dive in. Let me know what your favorite, uh, your, your favorite things are. Uh, all right. Uh, that's about it. Enjoy the episode. I'll see you on the flip side. All right, everybody. I am now pleased to welcome Chris Ritter to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you, Chris? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into, uh, you know, more about what you do and all that stuff here shortly. Uh, what, uh, I didn't ask you what, uh, part of the country, where, where are you? Uh, we're based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're, you're, uh, central time zone. No, actually we're Eastern. Or are you, see, I don't know anything about where, maybe I need to learn my geography better. <laughs> we're, we're close to central, but yeah, we're, we're on the same time zone. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I show you how much I know. I know Cincinnati's in Ohio, so I got that. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, originally from there, or uh, is that just where the company is kind of headquartered? Yeah, so actually, um, yeah, I'll give you a little geography lesson. You know, if you're not familiar with where Cincinnati is, you know, there's just a river in between Cincinnati and Kentucky. So um, actually, I, I grew up in Northern Kentucky. I actually live in Covington, Kentucky, but uh, yeah, I've actually have been here kind of all my life. Um, you know, I've traveled all different types of places, but I've always lived here. Um, so born, born and raised and, um, you know, Cincinnati is obviously the big city, you know, so, um, you know, set up business here. Yeah. Well, I can, I can respect that because I'm a born and stayed, uh, I was born in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I still live here. So I, I can uh, respect someone who, who stays in the same place. They're born. <laughs> Not that I disrespect people who choose otherwise, but <laughs> it's uh it's comfortable that's for sure yeah there's a there's a familiarity of uh even if you don't love everything about it at least you know the bad stuff you know <laughs> you know what you're dealing with yeah it's like i i know it, summers get hot and stupid humid but i know what to expect it's not you know i've been through it 35 times <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah no doubt um so c90 uh is the company up there. And I think you're the co-founder, correct? Yeah. Co-founder, creative director here. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about what you guys do. And then there's a, well, I'm, I, I've got plenty of things that interest me that I, your website is interesting in itself, honestly, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Tell me more about what uh, C90 does. Yeah, absolutely. So C90, we're, we're a creative studio headquartered here in Cincinnati. Um, honestly, we're pretty location agnostic. We, we use a network of, uh, of people to um, help us with, you know, client projects and that sort of thing. We do a lot of visual identity. We do a lot of campaign development um, and creative content. So we always like to say that, you know, we like to do really interesting things for our clients, because if you're not really interesting, you're kind of irrelevant. There's so many things out there these days that you know are competing for your attention so uh, we want to make your brand you know interesting for people yeah and that's uh you start nicely with your website because when i i went on there i'm like what it, it kind of threw me but in a in a good way where it it, it i don't know it, it feels more interactive i guess maybe than uh than most websites you go to that are you know, I'm just thinking of my own website. You just click, there's a picture, there's some words. 
<laughs> you know, we, we actually, uh, we had an old iteration of the website where um, it actually started out, um, you know, are you interesting? <laughs> and, and you had to click either yes or no. So like, you know, if you said yes, um, you know, you go forward, you know, to the website. But if you said no, it actually gave you Google search for other Cincinnati design firms. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, uh, we initially kind of did it as a joke, um, just because, you know, we were, we were just starting out. And I mean, you know, it was like, we didn't really have anything to lose, you know, at the time. Um, but honestly, we got such great response from it, because people would come to our website, like, what is this? And uh, you know, it was like, suddenly, you're having a great conversation, you know, about it. So it works for us. We like it. Yeah, no, that's an interesting, uh, interesting ta uh, technique or <laughs> way to go about things. Uh, what is, you know, from the creative perspective, which is kind of up your alley, what is, if you had to try to figure out what makes things interesting, does it just vary based on what you're trying to market or it does. It does. So, uh, you know, the biggest thing really is figuring out, you know, who your audience is and what kind of problems, you know, you need to solve. So, you know, when, when you're talking about, you know, a particular product, like we might say like running shoes, you know, for, for example, um, you know, what kind of runner are you, what kind of things are you trying to achieve and how do we actually, uh, you know, help you achieve those goals. Um, but, you know, you could say, well, I want a running shoe because I want to run really fast. Well, you can't just lead with fast, <laughs> you know, um, because, you know, obviously it's probably already been done. You know, how do you do it in a really unique way? And, you know, unique things, you know, that get people's attention, obviously, is like doing something really differently, you know, making them laugh, relating to them on, you know, a deeper level. Um, and that's really what we strive to do. And we just do it through design and language and, you know, video and, um, you know, photography and, and, and that sort of thing. So like our outlet is, you know, visual creation. Um, but, you know, really it's about how do we make that, you know, deep connection that gets people like really, really stoked. That's interesting. And it's, um, it's funny. I did, I talked to someone um, that uh, listeners to the podcast will probably already have heard that podcast by the time this one rolls around, but he was a, an SEO expert. Okay. And uh, to me, and this isn't saying anything about him, but to me, like I like, like the marketing, he kind of made it. And I think maybe it just depends on what your business is, but he made it. It's just an algorithm. You got to conquer with this search engine stuff, pop up first on Google and you win kind of thing. Right. Um, where I, I, I find the creative stuff personally, I'm, you saw how much trouble I had unmuting myself and finding Zoom on my laptop screen. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I find the, the creative part uh, much more interesting uh, of, of kind of, I don't know, would you say it's focusing uh, on making a brand kind of like a modern day Mad Men type thing or? Yeah, I, th I think that's, I think that's a fair way to put it. Uh, you know, I mean, like when you're talking about marketing, I mean, a lot of people like to put it in the funnel, you know, where, you know, at the top of the funnel is you have to create interest, you know, and that's where, that's where we are. Um, and that's where we play. We're like SEO is more of a tactic. So once you have, um, you know, some sort of interest, so, you know, use the running shoes um, example. So you've already kind of gotten to a point where you have interest, like, you know, that you need running shoes. So, maybe you go into, you know, your Google or something like that. And you just say like, you know, Google search running shoes. And, you know, the top one is probably Nike, if I had to guess. Um, and, you know, that's where that tactic kind of comes into play. But, you know, if you're XYZ shoe company and nobody knows you, they're not going to be able to Google search you, you know, and that's where, that's where you have to be creative. That's where you have to get noticed and get people excited, um, you know, give you something authentic that you can like really, you know, grasp and, uh, get excited about. So, I mean, that's what we really strive to do. Um, you know, people ask us to do things like SEO and, you know, email campaigns and things like that. And that's just generally not what we do. You know, we're big idea guys, um, super experienced, you know, from, from an industry standpoint, worked with some of the biggest brands in the world. Um, so we always are just like, how do we make you really, really uh, exciting and interesting and, you know, from a design standpoint, beautiful, you know, and easy to use and that sort of thing. That's where, you know, we feel like that really gives you the best value and, you know, gives you the you know, best bang for your buck. You know, people are going to love you because of great design. 
um, that you're going to get noticed because it's beautiful and, and you know relevant. And how important is like the human connection part of it? it, it I I guess that's all of it to an extent. If that's the maybe a stupid question in that regard. Well, well, you mean like you know, as opposed to say digital, you know, or, or something like that. Is that kind of where we're going with it? Yeah, or just uh, how much of you has to sit back and think, you know, what maybe not what kind of person will respond to this, but how will this hit home with someone? Will they think it's relatable or, or hit an emotion that's familiar to everybody or a, a large group of people? Right. Yeah. Oh, you always have to think about that for sure. I mean, uh, you know, we, we actually named ourselves C90 um, and C90 uh, is actually a, a blank 90 minute cassette tape. Um, oh, it's okay. like industry term. So like, when you think about like, what do you do with like a blank old school cassette tape? It's like, it's an analog thing. You record music, you make mixtapes, you give it to your friends, um, that sort of thing. So like, we're always looking for like a tangible connection to people in that way, because, you know, you have to start at, at the fact that we're all human. Um, and, and that's a really important place to, to start. Like we're not potential Google searches. Uh, you know, we're not, uh, you know, people just randomly on Instagram, you know, you know, doing the doom scrolling, um, you know, you have to connect with people on a, on a really personal level. Um, and that's where a lot of stuff get really, you know, I feel like it really misses, you know, you see a lot of, you know, brands today that are trying to optimize everything. It's like, no, make somebody laugh, make somebody smile, get some emotion. Um, that's what they remember, you know? So yeah, human, human connection is everything. Yeah, that's the, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'll go, I, weird, weird rant I'll go on, uh, and you may or may not find this interesting, but one thing I, I, I don't know, <laughs> well, I, I thought, I think it relates to, to kind of what you do to an extent, and it may fly in the face of advice you would give even to me, but, um, I remember I told a bunch of people back when I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. Uh, you know, everyone told me to start doing stand up and start a podcast um, to help with writing. That's really why this podcast even exists. But I, I've grown to love doing it. So that's why it's it's continued to grow um, with this idiot as its marketing department right here. Uh, and I'm pointing to myself, listeners. <laughs> um, but uh, when when I told people I was going to start it. They're like, oh, well, you got to focus on one particular thing. You got to focus on do, you know, pigeonhole on this, or it's got to be focused if you're, if you're not focused. And I'm like, I, and that's delayed me in starting a podcast for probably six months. Cause I'm like, I, this, there's not enough meat on the bone here. There's not enough there. And then I just one day was a little intoxicated and said, screw it. I'm just going to talk into a microphone and I'm going to be the focus. Meaning it's, it's me. Uh, I'm the brand. There's not, you know, it's not, I've talked to comedians and I've talked to marketing people and I've talked to a guy who thinks the earth is flat. <laughs> and I've, you know, I, I go around the, you know, I'm an astrophysicist a few weeks ago was on the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just me talking to interesting people and asking questions. So I kind of, everyone who gave me their expert advice of locking in, I'm like, no, nah, I'm just, but to an extent, I think that's, I made myself or my personality, maybe the, I'm just a, I'm not a dumb guy, but I, I'm not the most knowledgeable person on a lot of things. So I'm just a guy, a clueless guy asking questions of people who know what they're talking about. And uh, it seems to be working. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you had a little discovery, you know, I mean, like, I, Hey, you know, unless you're like a, you know, a, a super specialized expert in something, you know, there's always going to be some discovery. I mean, like, you know, C90 is three years old and, you know, we've had, we're on our third iteration of a business plan um, to, to be very frank. And, you know, it's like, and part of that is like, you know, I have, you know, business partners, you know, that, you know, we're going in on this together. We're still, you know, figuring out how we all work together. Um, you know, perfectly and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, there's some trial and error, <laughs> you know, there, there's a, you know, you're, you're never going to, you know, come out of the gate, you know, sprinting full speed, you got to figure it out, you know, so it sounds like you kind of have it figured out, 
you know, or, or you've learned a lot, you know, and, and, and that's like half of it's just doing. Um, and, yeah. and that's, that's the cool thing about being creative. You know, you're like, you're making creative content. I'm making creative things. Just get started, you know? And like, that's when I feel like the juices start flowing. It gets, you know, you're really excited about things. And that's when, you know, you know it when you know it, I, I feel. Yeah, I, I do think that's the, the main thing is just, just start doing it and, and stick to it. It, right. I, unless you know if you hate it then maybe maybe you started something you shouldn't have um <laughs> you can always stop yeah right you can stop it you don't need to stick to it if it makes you miserable um speaking of i mean i assume it was marketing uh and creative related but c90 being three years old what did you do prior to founding c90 co-founding yeah actually <laughs> actually um well this is actually my uh, this is my second studio that I started, um, mm-hmm. and um, I've I've always kind of been in branding and innovation, um, you know, kind kind of things. Uh, but after after I left my last studio, um, I was doing some independent consulting, a lot of design work, um, a lot of visual identity, you know, kinds of things. Uh, and I started working for an innovation agency um, here in town, and took me all over the place. Um, we were working a lot with uh, Adidas at the time um, and they were sending us to New York to talk to consumers and like prototype things. And, you know, it was actually, it was really exciting work. Um, and it kind of got to a point where like, you know, I like to, I like to think that I make things that are real, <laughs> you know? So um, there is a, a gratifying thing being a designer, you know, where, yeah, I designed a shampoo bottle and then I go to the grocery store and that shampoo bottle is sitting on the shelf. Like that is kind of like a cool thing about what we do. Um, and I just kind of got to a point where it's like, I'm making all these prototypes and it's coolest design, but like none of the stuff is real. Um, and honestly, I kind of just, you know, got to a point where it's like, I gotta, I gotta figure out something. I gotta figure out something else. So, um, I, uh, reached out to, you know, my business partner, Emmett Jones, and he was kind of finishing up a stint um, where he was not, you know, super happy at the agency that he was at. And he'd also ran an agency before and said, you know what, I respect your work. Um, and he, you know, kind of told me the same thing. He said, hey, let's do this thing. Yeah, you know, let's go and do this and see what happens. Um, and that's kind of like what got us off to the races. So, you know, we were actually um, competing agencies, <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. so, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of like we, we never went like you know, in the agency world, you're like going up against people for work all the time. And we'd never really had direct competition with each other. Um, but like kind of on the outside, on the down low, we were just like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, so we became friends. And that, that's really kind of where it all started. Nice. And how scary. I, I love uh, people who try to work for themselves, basically. Um, how scary of a, a situation was that for you thinking, you know, part of it is like, well, now if I fail, there's really, you know, I can't blame my boss. <laughs> uh, it's it's me, and it, it there's more consequence uh, to succeed to success or failure. Uh, but obviously, I assume it's incredibly more gratifying and satisfying every day. Yeah, it, the 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 peaks and the valleys are uh, much higher and much deeper. Yeah, you know, for for sure. Um, I, you know, I always told people that, you know, particularly in Cincinnati, uh, which is a great design city, uh, you know, it, it's really, there's a lot of design work here. Um, a lot of it is, is, uh, you know, kind of funneled through Procter & Gamble, who, who is, uh, you know, they're headquartered here, huge design uh, client, um, Kroger is another, you know, company that's, that's headquartered here in town. Um, but, you know, if you look at our portfolio on our website, you're not going to see any of their work on there because we just, you know, we kind of do things a little bit differently. Um, you know, we're more fashion focused and, you know, we're doing things that are a little bit more progressive than probably would, you know, score well in a focus group, you know, per se. So when, you know, when I was looking for a job, um, because, you know, I've had different points in my career where I was just like, okay, you know, I need to go work for the man, you know, for a little bit and, you know, suck it up and do it. Um, I've always found that I'm pretty unhirable. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're like people would, people would, uh, 
you know, interview me and they just, I just would always get the feeling like they didn't know what the heck I was doing or what they would do with me. Um, and you know, I'm like, I know, I know what I'm doing. Um, but like, I would get so worn out trying to find jobs. Um, and I'm, I'm here, I'm here in Cincinnati. Like I said, I've, I've lived in the area my entire life. My family's here. It's really difficult for me to, you know, uproot any of that. You know, I have kids. Um, so, you know, the alternative was, all right, you know, I guess we're going out on our own. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like, there's no other, um, there's no other alternative, you, you know, you kill what you eat or eat what you kill. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a mentality that's really kept me going, you know, it's like, you know, eyes are on the prize. You have to do this. Um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's, it's sink or swim and, you know, you know, knock on wood, we're swimming. Yeah, no, it's a, it is a, uh, I worked a corporate job for, I don't even remember how long, 11 and a half, almost 12 years, probably. And it is, uh, there's a different, you say you hit it nicely. They're the peaks and valleys. Uh, Cause there are days where it's just like, Oh no, this is bad. <laughs> uh, and there, you know, or, or there's days, you know, when you work for a corporation, you're just not feeling it. You can go in and just, you know, look busy for eight hours if you need to, frankly, own it in. Yep. Yeah. You, you can just do the bare minimum, get by when you work for yourself, you do that. You, you know, you feel like shit. <laughs> I mean, like what I just wasted a day. That's my livelihood that I wasted. Not, not, not the man who doesn't, you know, doesn't make a difference in their bottom line. If I coast one day or not. Yeah. Um, into that, man, you know, like, uh, you know, if you don't get the work done, you don't get paid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially when you're first starting out, you know, it's like, gosh, I, I could go on with stories of just like, you know, chasing down clients for checks because like we have negative money, <laughs> you know? Um, and I mean, like that's, you know, that, that's the non-glamorous part of being an entrepreneur for sure. Um, but, you know, you, you learn how to deal with that really quickly um, because yeah, it's like, I don't have any money to take home. Uh, we're not going to eat, but you know, <laughs> luckily we'd never got to that level necessarily, but um, yeah, I mean, it, there, there's definitely that level of like, yeah, you, you got to be motivated. You know, if you're not motivated, you're not, you're not going to win. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh. well, check with me in six months and see if I can still put food on the table. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was told you have, and I know nothing about it. Well, that's not true. I know a little bit about it. Cause I, I looked on your website, but uh, <laughs> I was told you had an interesting campaign going with Northern Michigan university that I should ask you about. Um, <laughs> tell me about that. I, I know a little from your website, but I, I'm going to assume anyone listening to this has not yet gone to the website and read up on it themselves. Right. Yeah. So we actually, we just finished the visual identity for uh, the graduate school there at Northern Michigan university. And um, it was a, it was a super interesting project for us. Um, so Northern Michigan uh, universities in Marquette, Michigan, which is the exact opposite of where you are. Um, it is very, very cold. Um, and they get an exorbitant amount of snow <laughs> every year um, because they're on Lake Superior. And um, in the Upper Peninsula of, of Michigan, Marquette is actually the largest city on the Upper Peninsula. Um, and it's only like 27,000 people. It, it's oh, very, wow. very, it's very, very remote, um, but it is, you know, gorgeous. Um, you're right on a lake. It's small town, um, you know, super friendly people. And, you know, we wanted to really create something that connected um, the university with nature. Um, and also one of the things that's very, um, you know, prevalent in the Upper Peninsula is there's a lot of indigenous people there. Um, and we wanted to uh, actually create something that not only, um, you know, paid a great homage to, you know, the indigenous people that actually founded Marquette, <laughs> you know, way back before, you know, any of us got here. Um, and uh, we were able to use, you know, some uh, indigenous art forms uh, called uh, birch bark biting as inspiration, you know, to actually um, create an identity that's, you know, very modern, respectful, and just, you know, very, you know, visually striking as well. Um, and we just thought that it was a super interesting uh, thing that we were able to put out into uh, the world of education, which is not always the 
easiest industry to do, you know, groundbreaking design work, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we're we're just really proud of the work and, um, you know, it was a really interesting project. Excuse me. Hopefully that's not the flu kicking in. Uh, yeah, when I was reading about it, I'm like, that's, it reminds me of the, the, uh, you know, the old, the old folks. When I was a kid, I used to have to walk through blizzards to get to school. I'm like, people who want to go there can actually say that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we had, we had a meeting with the client, um, and this would have been maybe in February, you know, or, or something like that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a zoom call and, and we're talking, and they're like, oh, well, hey, how's, how's everything going there? It's like, oh, well, you know, the weather is really terrible outside. You know, we're getting this freezing rain stuff and like, you know, shutting down roads and things like that. And they, uh, they're like, oh, really? Yesterday we got seven feet of snow. And they just like took the computer <laughs> and, and showed us. It was like, wow. It was like, how long are you out of school? We're like, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we had a, a, a tiny flurry with, you know, a centimeter of snow, uh, I, I assume the entire state of Florida would shut down for, for at least 24 hours. I would assume so. I think when it gets below 40 there, they just quit, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, you don't need to leave your home today. It's, it's unbearable outside. I do, <laughs> I, I do like to, uh, the, the only thing I miss about uh, working for a corporation was having people who, I, uh, you know, I had people on my team who worked in Kansas or in Minnesota or places like that. And, you know, the winter months, I was just, just an asshole. It's like, Oh, it's, it's 12 degrees outside. We're expecting a blizzard this weekend. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to the beach. It's going to be about 70. Nice, pleasant weather. Uh, it's a little chilly for us, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll live. Yeah. We'll send you pictures. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you guys were snowed in. I was on a boat yesterday. It sucks. That's why everybody vacations there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, well. That's uh, that's the thing. We we live where you vacation. I think that's our. That, that's the cool thing to put on Instagram. Yeah, they they could probably make that the state motto. I think. Probably, yeah. It's uh, it's it's not a, you know, it's the air conditioning bills in the summer are a little a little higher than probably most places, but, you know, it's we can afford the air conditioning it's a good place to be (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's uh what are uh other than uh northern michigan which that's a i I, to be honest until preparing for this i wasn't very familiar with that whole area Uh, i mean it doesn't sound like a place i could survive for 24 hours so (laughs) but uh other than them um (coughs) excuse me (coughs) Uh, were there any projects you've had uh, with C90 that really uh, affect, and I mean this in a good way, but like affected you the most or, or you just were super stoked about? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, especially because we are, uh, you know, we're still young, you know, like three years is not really like enough time to figure out a whole business for sure. Right. Um, you know, you throw a pandemic in the mix too. And like, you know, everything goes out the window, you know, at this point. So it seems like, you know, every time that we get a, a project, particularly anything of any magnitude, um, you know, it, it's such a learning experience that, you know, we get to have um, kind of as a team, you, you know, like um, there's three partners, you know, there's me, I mentioned Emmett and then uh, Theo Rasmus is the other partner. Um, and he's, a seasoned vet we'll call him that um he's been all over the world he's from south africa but he's he's worked in uh i think five different continents <laughs> you know wow. uh, on like some of the biggest stuff and you know we're all very talented in our own rights but you know when we're when we're working together it's always like a really eye-opening experience like oh wow you know it, it's it's something else to work with really talented people um, so every time that we have a big opportunity, it's like you can see everybody's like, you know, foaming at the mouth, like excited to, you know, do some new things. So, you know, like, uh, you know, we just finished up a brand identity for um, a restaurant group here in town. That we're really excited about it's called Ignite. And, uh, you know, they've got 12 properties, uh, 12, 12 plus, I think actually 14 now. Um, they keep 
they keep expanding. Um, but you know, Good like, <laughs> yeah, working with that team, uh, you know, it was really interesting because, you know, much like C90, um, they're trying to do something really different, you know, in the city of Cincinnati, you know, something that has a little bit more of an ethnic flair. Um, the ownership is actually, uh, he's from Argentina, um, which, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of Argentinians living in Cincinnati. Right. Um, so he's a, you know, he's a pretty unique guy, visionary, um, but really interesting to work with. Um, we were able to, you know, create brand positioning for him that um, I think tells a story um, that, you know, really is relatable to, you know, for their patrons and, you know, super, you know, I think visually striking um, as well. So uh, that was one, you know, just working with, uh, you know, working with the team. I think that was something that like we were, you know, really excited with where that landed. I didn't even think when you had said three years of, and maybe this is because I'm in Florida and we didn't really do it as much as many places, but I didn't even think the difficulty of what the pandemic and how that would have shift the way. I mean, I assume you had to kind of, you talk about different business models. I assume after places started shutting down across the country, you had to really across the globe, uh, or I'm sorry, the earth, we, we don't want to determine whether it's flat or not. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll call it a globe for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, that, that's safe. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to lose any of my new subscribers. For <laughs> um, but uh, I imagine that threw kind of a wrench into some of your plans, but I mean, you know, maybe not as much as I'd anticipate because it's a, a lot of it, I assume is also digital type stuff to begin with, but how did that kind of throw a wrecking ball into things? Well, yeah, I mean, a, re a wrecking ball is actually a really great way to put it. So like we, uh, initially we, um, weren't really so affected by it, um, like right off the bat. So, um, you know, kind of history, history of us, we started, um, the business in June, 2019, um, you know, so, you know, do the math. That's about seven months before, you know, the pandemic pretty much shut everything down. Um, and I mean, that first seven months we were doing pretty well. We actually, we, we threw a design conference, um, in the city, um, that gave us a lot of great momentum, um, we were fortunate enough to sign a couple of, you know, pretty decent sized contracts for us um, that would, you know, they're 12 month long contracts. And we actually signed them in February of 2020. Like we had, um, and we're like, okay, the, you know, we're going to be okay. Like, even if we don't get any more work at all, um, you know, we're going to be fine for 12 months. And what happened in that 12 months is, you know, business just completely changed. Um, you know, we were still considered new to a lot of people. So I think that, uh, you know, it was a risk that they weren't willing to take, um, you know, and, and I'm talking about, you know, we were, we were pounding the pavement pretty hard, but, you know, it's like, I, you know, we have some existing relationships, you know, we'd rather fall on that because, you know, we trust that. Um, because, you know, we've worked with these people before and that kind of thing, and just right. like, you know, it was a very risk averse environment. Um, and, you know, in, in the meantime, we were just, you know, crushing, you know, our, our, uh, our contracts that we had. Um, but, you know, the, the pandemic hurt our clients quite a bit, you know, so when right. it came time to like, you know, re-up a retainer, there's like, yeah, love you but no. Um, so like we actually got hit really hard um, about 12 months after. Um, so it was like, a, it was a real delay. Um, we ended up, we had expanded, you know, uh, the, the office hired, you know, design team, development team, uh, had to lay off some people. That was, you know, not, not the most fun thing uh, as you could possibly imagine. Um, but we had like a real, like, you know, you know, moment where, um, you know, me and my two partners just like, we have got to change something um, and it's got to happen now. Um, otherwise, you know, we're going to have to, you know, figure out what's next, <laughs> you know, more than anything. So that's where we really changed our model. And we said, okay, well, instead of expanding out the team, expanding out the team and getting more bodies here, um, we wanted to do something that's a little more fractional. So uh, we bring in, you know, contractors and say, you know, hey, we're all really talented people. So, you know, what you'll find in the design community is talented people talk to other talented people, you know, to get inspired to, um, you know, talk about 
you know, talk shop, <laughs> you know, it's something that, you know, friends of mine always say is, yeah, let's, let's go and talk shop. Um, and when you have, you know, a network of people who are highly talented, they're easy to bring in on projects and say, hey, um, you're super talented. I want to work with you. We're going to do this for a short amount of time. Um, and we figured that we figured out that that's really a model that, um, you know, we like, you know, we can give people a really great product. Um, and it's also something that, you know, really excites our, you know, potential clients um, and say, hey, you know, we're getting this guy. He used to be, um, I don't know, a creative director at Calvin Klein, you know, and that's where people are like, oh, okay. Like you got, you got some real talent on this. This is cool. It's like, yeah, you probably can't get it because you're not, you know, <laughs> you know, you're not going to be speaking, you know, nerdy designer stuff like we are. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we really had to change everything, you know, for COVID. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's interesting the way that played out. But I, I imagine, I'm, I'm just, as you were saying that, I'm thinking, you know, one rant I always went on was, uh, you know, it, during the, the shutdowns, the, the, the rich got richer, the, the, and I mean this like, you know, the mom and pop uh, store down the street had to close, but Amazon could deliver stuff to your door. Uh, I assume, and I've even said this with restaurants, a lot of mom and pop places couldn't do what they needed to do to deliver food or to outdoor dining, whatever they had to do. Whereas, you know, McDonald's, I doubt closed its doors. Or if they did, they had to drive, you know, the big, the rich got richer, the, the, the you know, the independents had to really fight and claw not to go out of business. Um, yeah. And I imagine part of that, not necessarily with you directly, obviously, but your clients uh, that you serve, you know, assuming you, you don't do, uh, and if you do, I'll edit out the names of the companies, but assuming you don't do stuff for McDonald's or Amazon, <laughs> uh, right. you know, that's where it's like everyone underneath there is like, we're just trying to survive at this point. <laughs> so yeah, I can, I can see, and it's interesting, but it, it makes sense how it would kind of hit you harder a little bit later than, than them for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that, that synopsis um, that you have, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's what I experienced, you know, where, um, it, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the larger companies, like they were, they were doing just fine. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, um, uh, Procter and Gamble is, is, uh, you know, headquartered here and, um, you know, one of the first things that happened in the pandemic was a toilet paper shortage. Mm -hmm. um, and they were uniquely positioned to really take advantage of that. Um, and, you know, I don't think there was anything malicious involved at all, no, but, but, you know, but it was like, they did really, really well because unlike their competitors, um, Procter and Gamble has only consumer brands. So like, you know, if you like go to, you know, a rest stop or something, they have like the giant rolls of toilet paper. Um, those weren't selling because nobody was going into the office. Now, Procter & Gamble doesn't make those. They only do home stuff. So they were just like, you know, raking it in. And, you know, it's like, we're dependent, you know, we're dependent upon that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, these, these companies that, you know, make commodities. Yeah. They were slaying. Yeah. Yeah, it was a an interesting, uh, and yeah, I don't I don't blame the companies in in any way, and I, I hope there was nothing malicious behind some of the uh, government's decisions, but you know they're probably <laughs> that's that's my general mindset is generally there was probably something going on, but but that's that's just a conspiracy theory me. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, and and uh, this this doesn't need to be a C ninety story. Um, and you probably, I, if you, you don't need to name names, uh, but I do, the, the thing that I always think is I would imagine in your career, you've encountered a scenario where you either got fired or quit an account because they were just not going to do what was smart or wanting you to do something that you knew was going to be a failure. Um, do you have any stories like that you can share? And obviously, you know, you've, you, you, it doesn't need to be, a, a, you don't need to name names unless you want to. Yeah, I, you know, I actually have a really specific thing. I think you'll enjoy this. So um, I, I graduated from Northern Kentucky University and um, they had called me up. Um, 
I think it was like a, a, an anniversary of the design school, you know, or something like that. And they said, hey, you're an alumni. We know that you've done some really cool things. Um, can you display some work um, as, as part of this, this gallery um, exhibit? And I said, sure. Um, I don't know what I'm going to put in there, uh, but can I do an art piece? And they said, yes. So the art piece actually was good and bad. Uh, extreme feedback that I got from clients that I've gotten from clients. And uh, so, I mean, it was, it was a very simple um, exhibition. It was just like, uh, it was 11 by 17 pieces of paper um, that you could actually take um, because some of the, you know, some of the feedback was just really, really off the wall. So like one that I can remember, I was doing a, a mural design um, and on the mural, it says, uh, food is love on it. And the feedback that I got from the grocer was, we don't think that food accurately represents our grocery. <laughs> and that was one where I was like, that is the weirdest feedback I've ever gotten. Um, so that, you know, that, that kind of made the list um, as like, boy, that's just terrible. Uh, but, you know, it's like, I've gotten some other things where, um, I had a client one time um, tell me that he was he was too embarrassed by the design because I had used the color coral and not melon. <laughs> and um, that was that was a uh, that that was a conversation that went off the rails, <laughs> as, you, as you can imagine. I don't even know what color melon is off off. off. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the difference between coral and melon either, but, you know, he, he actually, uh, the, the guy, the guy was wearing, um, you know, those, those uh, like pink khaki shorts. Oh. And he's like, see this, this is, this is coral. This is what I want. I want it to be coral. <laughs> like, it's kind of the same color, man. Um, yeah, so hypersensitive to color. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, like we can, we can swap this up, but uh yeah, feedback is always kind of where, where it comes out, you know, because like when you show people stuff, particularly, um, you know, that individual was an entrepreneur, right? You know, so, you know, we talked about what it takes, you know, to really pour it into your, you know, your business, um, you know, same sort of person, you know, and you work with those types of people a lot in, in design because, you know, one of the reasons that you have branding is I don't have anything at all. I need a brand. Um, you know, and that was the case with him. And, you know, we're just talking about somebody who's super passionate about their, you know, about their baby and you show them something that they don't love and, you know, it, it can get, you know, into some heated conversations sometimes. And, you know, I mean, do the best to, you know, calm them down, <laughs> but um, needless to say, that was not a relationship that lasted really long. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't imagine. And I also think it's, if, if food does not represent a grocery store, you, you, they probably have some deeper issues. <laughs> trying to, trying to think. I guess if you're Walmart, you can say, "Oh, we don't want to talk about our food section." Yeah, it was. That was a bizarre one. Uh, that was a bizarre one. But um, you know, the funny thing, just you know, since I brought up that that kind of art exhibit, is like I've also gotten some like really interesting positive feedback on things. Um, so. I was doing a, I was doing a brand identity for a restaurant um, in Marysville, Ohio. And um, they had this like really beautiful Victorian mansion. Um, and it was right in the middle of this small city um, in, you know, the, the middle of Ohio. And this, this mansion had kind of been like tons of different things over time, but it's always been the center of the neighborhood. And we wanted to, you know, kind of create an homage to the history of this place. So like, you know, at one point, um, you know, a really uh, well-known local doctor owned it, um, you know, it was supposedly haunted. And for an extended amount of time, it was actually a brothel. And, uh, you know, we were doing all these different things. You know, we, we did kind of an homage to the ghosts. We, you know, said, here's, you know, an art piece that really, you know, can kind of say something about, you know, the history of this place. And then one of the things that we wanted to do was actually um, kind of remix famous artworks um, based on the idea of, you know, artists traditionally had done, you know, portraits of prostitutes, you know, a lot. They would hire these people to, you know, 
they would just paint them, you know, nude, but you know, you would have to find somebody that be willing to do that. And a lot of times they're prostitutes and there's a lot of famous paintings like this. And we said, Oh, we should do an homage to this. And uh, you know, one of the comments that I was got is like hookers. Wow. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I can't believe this is coming for you. I mean, this is the most straight laced guy saying this. It's like, Oh, hookers. Yeah. We should do that. Like, <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> Out of context. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, somebody's going to tune in right in the middle of that one. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's on brand for me. So <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, mom. Uh, uh, Something I, I wanted to uh, ask you because I, I feel like I should do this. I've never done this before. And if this falls flat on its face, I, I won't do it again. But, but I talk to a lot of people who know a lot about things I know nothing about, as is the scenario here. So one thing I, I realized in the last podcast I recorded after I stopped recording, I'm like, you know what I should have asked? what obvious question did you expect me to ask you that you're sitting here like we're winding down this interview soon and he still hasn't asked me this question i <laughs> there may be nothing in this case um but i i i was again i'm talking to a, another guest and i'm like i feel like i left a lot of meat on the bone and i should have asked a question that people will be like why didn't he ask that question <laughs> so let me ask you that is there a uh a question that you're sitting here like why hasn't he asked me about xyz yet I, I don't know i mean like when you when you're when you're talking to somebody who is you know a creative i mean i, I feel like we can kind of talk about anything <laughs> you know um that's, that's kind of our that's kind of our gig right so like um you know when you're when you're dealing with businesses of all different types all the all the time you you kind of get full of useless knowledge yes, <laughs> So like uh, something that I, you know, that, that I like to tell some of my clients, because like, we'll, we'll have a client, actually, we have one right now, they're a financial client. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they've kind of been, you know, very, um, you know, straightforward with us is just say like, hey, there are regulations on some of this stuff, we'd really like it if you had, you know, a consultant that could, you know, help us speak your language, um, which is which is totally fine. And, that, and that's very normal. Um, but like, yeah, I, I'm an expert at like a lot of weird stuff. Like I know a whole lot about diagnostic imaging equipment because <laughs> you know, I've worked with GE on it for, you know, a year and a half. Um, but yeah, you just, you know, you just learn a whole bunch of different stuff. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know, th things that you should ask me, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, you know, it's like, I, I, I'm kind of like full of useless knowledge um, as well as, you know, just being creative. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm taking it from the hip as much as I can. Yeah, that's that's part of uh, uh, part of the the joy of this podcast is talking to so many people in so many different fields that it's like I've got some weird things rattling around in here and I don't always remember where I got them from. But I'm like, oh, I can tell you about that. I actually heard about this. I know about ghosts. I talked to a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really that's really a lot of fun, you know, uh, you, you know, with what we do, too, is. Uh, I had I had somebody actually ask me one time. Th this is a um, question that you ask designers: um, is like, where do you get inspiration from? Mm. And um, I had somebody ask me that, and it, it was specific. It was like, what website do you go to for design inspiration? And they thought that I was joking, and I just said Wikipedia, um, because like I get a lot of inspiration from other fields. You know, a lot a lot like what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, there's so many things out there that have like a mature language around it. Like I get into science a, a lot, you know, where, um, like I had a DJ ask me to do an album cover for him one time. And it was around this idea of, uh, the song at least was, was around this idea of like, you're having a party, but there's this clips going on. And like when the, you know, when the, you know, when, when you have the eclipse, it's like, that's when the party goes crazy, you know? So I went Wikipedia and I started looking at all these gnarly space diagrams about like, what does an eclipse look like? Or how's, you know, the sun move, you know, on the moon and, you know, and that kind of stuff is like, that's where I get all my inspiration, you know, d design, design's kind of design, design, you know, once you get to a certain level, you can design a website as well as you can design, um, you know, a package as well as you can design 
a book, you, you know, it's all kind of the same principles, but you got to find that inspiration from like really interesting things. I mean, like that's, I, I like what you're doing, you know, bring people on, have conversations. Um, boy, you, you learn a lot when you talk to somebody that isn't doing what you do every day, you know, when you get in your echo chamber and talk to nothing but, you know, creatives and designers, um, you know, there's, there's a limit to what you're going to get, you know, you start talking to neurophysicists and, you know, whatever, you know, astronauts, <laughs> you know, you're going to get some, you know, interesting conversations. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. And that's, a, you know, that is a, an obvious question that I should have asked you, by the way, because, I, I do like to ask that of, I mean, uh, creative types are all, you know, comedians, jokes, uh, authors of novels, what you do. I mean, it's all the same. It's just different final product. Right. But it all has to come from somewhere. I'm lucky. I actually dream most of my good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you wake up and scribble stuff down on a piece of paper? Yeah, yeah, I, I try to do that as much as I can, uh, because voice recordings, when I first wake up, I sound like I'm possessed by the devil. So <laughs> if it scares me listening to it, <laughs> I've, I've told, I've said before, I think on here, I'm more afraid of someone hacking my phone and getting my voice memos and, and you know, sending them to the FBI because I sound like a psychopath than my photos. You can take all my photos. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but don't take my voice memos it's some weird stuff and <laughs> <laughs> that's fun yeah middle middle of the night just hit record and start jam talking into it um i shouldn't talk about my dream stuff because marvel just stole that for dr strange that was a that was a whole i had a i was writing out a tv series based upon uh someone who traveled through the multiverse in their dreams i hope i didn't well that's not really a spoiler for dr strange <laughs> but in, in Doctor Strange, I don't know if you're a Marvel fan at all, but he has a dream and someone says, oh, every time you dream, you're you're seeing yourself in another universe. Right. I'm like, oh, well, it was kind of half the premise of the show that I was writing. And I kind of mentioned it on a couple podcasts. And I'm like, ah, oh, they stole my idea. I know you're listening, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, residuals. <laughs> you, got, you got ears in your walls. <laughs> yeah well you know it's just part of part of getting popular people are <laughs> uh chris uh the time has flown by um i'm looking at the clock now and i realize time is kind of uh i'm shocked at how <laughs> at how uh how long we've been on already uh so so i do not forget uh, tell me or well, tell my listeners uh, where they can find you uh, and C90, any, any, any and all plugs you would like to leave. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I mean, the, the easiest way to find us is, is just our website, which is c-90.com. Um, we're, we're on Instagram as well. It's uh, C underscore nine zero studio. Um, but yeah, that's the easiest place to, you know, get a hold of us, uh, you know, see a little bit of our work that we do and, you know, some of the, some of the client work that we're really proud of and learn a little bit more about us. Yeah. And let me ask you this too. What, um, I do think there's a lot of emergence again of small business after, you know, recovering from pandemic shutdowns and everything like this. What is the, and I don't want to pigeonhole you. Um, but I, you, I'm sure you'll be able to answer the question in a way that doesn't, uh, but what is the person with either a small business, a medium business, a growing business, whatever it may be, what is the client or the person you think is, Hey, if you're looking, if you're in this scenario, you're the person who should reach out to us for help. Hopefully that question wasn't made sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it totally does. So, you know, I mean, we always, we're always looking for people who are really ambitious, uh, you know, people who are really ambitious and want to do some interesting things with, with their brands. Um, Ambition is really a big thing um, because, you know, th there's a there's a real difference when you're talking about clients who are uh, leading their industry and those who are not. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're on top, the only way you can go is down. You know, you can't you can't go further than number one. You're at number one. Um, so a lot of times what we find is we work really well with um, people who are really trying to challenge that, you know, trying to challenge the status quo, trying to take, you know, a position 
um, you know, on the list of, of brands and that sort of thing. Um, because, you know, a lot of times we're talking about people who are motivated to succeed, um, make decisions quickly um, and move fast. And those are the types of people that we work really, really well with. And, you know, in these companies, I mean, it could be anybody from, uh, you know, a, a, a brand manager or marketing director to, you know, a lot of times we'll work directly with the CEO, um, which is, you know, obviously the best case scenario because you got, you know, interest at the top. Um, right. which, we, which we love because it means that you can move quickly without a lot of red tape, um, which is, you know, really a mode that we uh, thrive in, you know, quite a bit. Um, and, you know, those, those are the type of people that, you know, those are relationships that um, we value and, uh, you know, we think that we work really well in those situations. Awesome. Well, Chris, I, uh, again, time, time's kind of flown by here. So <laughs> hopefully I didn't keep you away from work too long, uh, but it is, well, this won't be released on a Friday, but it is a Friday. So the <laughs> listeners drinking, go ahead and pour your first drink of the weekend. Monday yeah, it's, not, it's probably about that time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, three. Oh, this, yeah, I started at two o'clock. This has whiskey in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bottle up my desk, so that's good. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy your first, especially since you're on East Coast time. Like you're, you're totally cool. You're not, you're not even going to be judged for starting at this point on a Friday. This isn't even early for anybody in our office. <laughs> good well look cre creativity sometimes you know a little little uh, adult juice doesn't doesn't hurt uh the process uh open the brain a little bit i i agree fully <laughs> just edit sober right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well chris thank you so much i appreciate your time and uh thank you for joining me man yeah it was a lot of fun thank you yep hey guys this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Geology. This award-winning men's skincare company will formulate a customized skincare routine just for you using a handful of powerful proven ingredients that have been trusted by dermatologists for decades. If you suffer from acne, dark eye circles under your eyes, wrinkles, sensitive skin, or like me, you just don't want to look old, look no further. Go to Geology, click on the link below in my show notes, take their 30-second diagnostic quiz, and their team of dermatologists will design and ship a regimen directly to your door. It's that simple. Start today. Uh, you can get a 30-day trial of their four main products that I have, their Everyday Face Wash, Vital Morning Face Cream, Repairing Night Cream, and Nourishing Eye Cream. Head to Geology at the link below and check it out. Take care of your skin. All right. All right. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. You can check out C90 on his website and his the Instagram in the show notes. Uh, also, go download that damn Ibotta app. Ibotta. Do it. Get that app. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you like liquor, Use that link below to uh, get a subscription to Flaviar, right? And, uh, hey, geology, take care of your skin. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a lead in a movie, you should try to have as nice skin as possible, I, I assume, right? So uh, do it. Um, thank you for listening. I did want, you know, what's funny, um, I'm going to ad-lib here. Uh, I guess the whole thing is kind of ad-libbing, as you probably imagined, but I... If I planned on doing this, I would have this pulled up and not be typing into my microphone right now. But I uh, I find it so fun. You know, I've mentioned listen notes before that, you know, I'm in the top 5% of podcasts globally. Uh, they added something that I just saw for the first time. 97.36% of listeners are from the United States. 1.43% from Canada. 0.47% from Mexico and Australia and 0.23% from Great Britain and 0.04% from others. Uh, fun, interesting thing. I don't know how accurate it is because Anchor gives me uh, statistics on the podcast as well, um, which, again, are fun to look at because I am clicking to that now. 
Uh, actually, they now say the United States only makes up 98%. So not far off from my listening audience. My biggest market is St. Petersburg, Florida. Go figure. Oldsmar, which is in Pinellas County. Uh, I'm not sure if I know anyone currently who lives in Oldsmar, but shout out to you. Uh, Pinellas Parks, Tampa. Those are my big markets, biggest markets in Florida. My my neighbors, basically. Uh, Fox Lake, Illinois, San Jose, California. Uh, where are you? Yeah, that's a, a large, boy, I've got a lot of markets in California. There's a lot of cities in California. Uh, so cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've mentioned before, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, you're, you're still beating Charlotte in the listening numbers. Ashburn, uh, Virginia, you're tied with Arlington, uh, Virginia, uh, you know, shout out to all you people, uh, Brooklyn, New York, but even funner than looking at the biggest markets I have in the United States, the United Kingdom, 97% of the United Kingdom audiences from England, only 3% from Wales. I believe I've had a guest on from Wales, uh, Canada, Ontario is 54% of my audience in Canada. Uh, Costa Rica. I kind of told some people to listen to the podcast when I was down there. That's my, uh, I believe, my fourth biggest market. Uh, so maybe they're still listening. Shout out to y'all in Costa Rica. Uh, Bangladesh has some listeners. Australia has uh, uh, a lot of different places that listen. New South Wales has the most at 41% of my Australian audience. Germany's taken off. I remember saying, oh, 100% of my audience is from one place. Now only 13% is from that place. Bavaria is now my biggest market in Germany with uh, 31. I think they make chocolate there. Uh, and then not to dive into deeper detail because this podcast is long enough. Austria, New Zealand, Finland, Poland, Iran, Italy, India, Ireland, Netherlands, Switzerland, Mexico, Ukraine, See, I'm on the good side of the war. Uh, Philippines, Bahamas, and Tokyo, Japan. Uh, I only say Tokyo because they are 100% of my J Japanese audience. Uh, so shout out to all of, I mean, look at all the, that's a lot of countries that listen to this stupid drunken mouth talk. So I appreciate and love you all. I hope you, uh, if you're on the Twitter, go follow me there or Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I really don't do a lot of TikTok, so, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel because again, I can make some money off that. And if you, if you have so much money that you don't need to download Ibotta to, to, to make you money on your grocery and, and store shopping, if you have so much money, you know, there's a link also below that says buy Jeff a beer, uh, once a week or a drink once a week or once a month, I believe it is. You can actually just, you know, send me money that way totally acceptable. I'll take money. Uh, if you want to send it to me, if you're, if you're so rich, you don't need to save money by using Ibotta, then, you know, send me a few shekels so I can keep producing this top shelf content. I've got some great episodes coming for you here shortly. Uh, very excited to bring those to you. Uh, some comedians, some, uh, bubble, the love sponge co-hosts, <clears throat> That's a good one, uh, especially if you're from the Tampa Bay area, frankly, because uh, you, you certainly know all about him. Uh, and also um, uh, someone about mediums and metaphysical type stuff that is out of this world amazing. So keep it tuned here because we've got a lot of great stuff coming to you. And I'll talk to you more about this movie when I can tell you more. Peace.